Hey everyone, uh, welcome to Meet Sports Alcohol uh, for Monday, January 25th. We have a really awesome show for you today. First, we're talking with golf professional and long drive champion, Eddie Fernandez, aka Fast Eddie. We had an awesome time talking with Eddie, talking about how what it's like to munch a golf ball 480 yards, what his training regimen is like, and I think, if I might say so myself, we have our first professional athlete friend of the show. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. I'd say he's our friend. He definitely yeah. sounded like he enjoyed talking to us. And in all my emails back and forth to them, he always said, sounds good to everything I said. So that's better than sounds bad. Definitely. That's a great friend right there. Yeah. <laughs> so we have that interview. And then Dylan and I recap the NFL. <laughs> we recap the NFL championship round a little bit. We had planned to have some more in-depth analysis, I'd say, but we were just so sad from this awful sports week of McGregor losing the worst teams possible being in the Super Bowl, Tyler Hero's 21st birthday being ruined, uh, that we were just kind of just sad for that whole segment. But it, it turned out okay. Um, yep. All right, so stick around for that and take it away, Chet. Respect. We now welcome on golf professional Eddie Fernandez, fast Eddie Fernandez. He is the 2018 Masters World Long Drive champion, ranking number one in the World Long Drive Masters division and number 14 in the Open division. His longest ball in competition is 480 yards, which was the longest ball of the 2018 World Long Drive Tour season and about 200 yards longer than my longest ball. Uh, You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at FastEddie480. His website is fasteddy400.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So just off the bat, I need to know this. Uh, I couldn't help but notice that your website is fasteddy400, but your social media is fasteddy480. Did you change that when you hit 480? And how awesome did that feel to change your name there? You know, well, well, here's the story behind that. So... (laughs) Uh, I, have always kind of been fast Eddie 400. Uh, so when I, when I got my social media handles years ago, like I think it was 2014, uh, fast Eddie 400 was taken on Instagram. So, but wow. I was able to get on fast uh, on Facebook and Twitter, but Instagram, some guy in Europe. So I offered him like a hundred bucks and he had like, like 50 followers. He didn't really post much. So I'm like, Hey, look, I'll, you know, be, I never heard from the guy. So hmm. I had to do fast Eddie underscore 400. And then I'm like, well, you know, what? I'm just going to change it to four. I, I think I changed it like within the last year. So that's kind of the story behind that. And I did my website at the same time. Like I want everything to be the same. So that's why. I changed <laughs> yeah. It. Well, if it's not going to be the same, having 480 in there is also pretty cool. I think so. Yeah. That's not <laughs> worked out like 480. <laughs> yeah. So just to start off, um, you know, Dylan and I obviously did our research ahead of the interview, but for the people listening, we were wondering if you could kind of just lay out your journey with golf overall. You know, I know you were kind of a star in college. You spent a bit of time trying to get on tour before stepping away for a little bit and then kind of were reintroduced to the long drive world. Can you kind of just lay out your your journey with golf for us? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I come from a very athletic family. My dad played professional baseball in the Cardinals organization. 
Hmm. Uh, my brother was a national champion wrestler uh, in college and uh, almost made, he would, would have probably made the Olympic team. He blew out his knee two months before the trials in, um, in 84. I believe it was 84. That was a long time ago, but, um, but yeah, so I grew up playing baseball and I wrestled a little bit and uh, you know, I was always really athletic, kind of tall, wiry, uh, threw really hard through in the low to mid seventies. That's kind of where fast Eddie came from. Hmm. So uh, always had a lot of speed, always had a lot of arm speed, bat speed, foot speed, and pretty much did everything fast. So kind of, if you're Eddie and you're somewhat fast at something, you become fast Eddie, right? Like uh, Paul Newman and the hustler. So <laughs> Uh, that's kind of where it came from. And, you know, playing baseball as a kid, loved it, loved competing. Uh, I still have a ton of friends from my little league days, you know, um, that I still, that I still talk to. So uh, kind of fell in love with golf. I grew up on a little par 60 municipal golf course uh, in Connecticut. And I, I started taking it seriously about 12, 13 years old. And after my all-star season, when I was 13, I, uh, I decided to, to just pursue golf and, and put everything into that. I just, I just figured, you know, you're accountable for whatever you do. There's no, uh, politicization or, or whatever word that would be. Um, nobody can choose you for something or nobody can't choose you or, you know, whatever you shoot, you shoot. And, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's what I loved about it. And, you know, you earn everything you get in this sport. And, and if you play well, you get paid as a professional. If you don't, you know, you don't play well, you don't. So that's kind of where it started. And I was, I was ultra competitive. Nobody, my parents never had to, you know, say, Hey, you need to go practice. So I was, I was always out the door until dark every single day. And even in the wintertime, I think my neighbors thought I was nuts, you know, shoveling snow off the golf course and, and hitting balls in 10 degree weather and stuff. So I looked back at it now. I'm like, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of <laughs> nuts, but, uh, but you know, that's, you know, I did things that, that kids my age, you know, weren't doing. And I think that's why, you know, one of the reasons I was successful in high school and won a state championship and helped lead our team to a state championship. We had a great team in high school as well. Um, and, uh, you know, Hall of Fame in high school, Hall of Fame in college, won five division one tournaments and turned professional, uh, thought it was going to be a little bit easier journey than it was. And, Mm -hmm. You know, I came close to making it on tour and won a ton of mini tour events and just never, never got over the hump. And, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it's a humbling sport, you know, when you, you can play well for 11 and a half months a year out of the year, if you don't play as well, you know, you, you have to play well now. There's so many good players and, uh, you know, you can't, can't just go to PGA tour qualifying or now it's corn Ferry and, and just play. Okay. You have to you know, you, you have to play well. There's just the, the talent pool is so deep in golf right now. And I had this conversation with a couple of guys uh, last week. I said, you know, it's funny. Uh, let's just say I'm ranked 2,500th in the world right now, right? If I went out and played Dustin Johnson, I could beat him in 18 holes, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've shot 62, 63 this year. Um, I go out and I play well, I could actually beat him. But if you get any other sport, like let's just say swimming or track or tennis, you know, you get the 2,500th ranked player in the world versus, uh, Rafael Nadal or, you know, Michael Phelps, they wouldn't even sniff it. Right. Yeah. So that's just, it's the, it's, it's really an incredible, 
it's an incredible sport to be a part of. And I'm, I'm just blessed. I'm healthy and, and we get to play it and, and get to play it at a fairly high level uh, as I'm, I'm getting older. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the, um, the lifestyle like down when you're in like the mini tours and Q school back then? Um, it's, you know, a bit of a grind. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was staying at the Ritz Carlton and eating steak and lobster every night, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, getting picked up in a Bentley, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Kinda, you know, every day, the luxury, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the life of luxury. No, it's, uh, it, it's a grind, you know, and the, the cool thing about it is, you know, playing in mini tour events, I just started playing again. And, and some of the golf courses are just, you know, are not very good. And then you just, I kind of sit back and I look at the condition of the golf courses compared to some of the other golf courses that I've played at tournaments. And I'm like, wow, it's, it's, it's extremely different. Uh, and it's humbling because, you know, you cut your teeth on, you know, kind of dog tracks and, you know, the rough is awful and, and you don't get really, if you hit it off the fairway, normally they play it up in the fairway because the fairways aren't that great. And just the conditions of the golf courses and the greens and, and, uh, but that's what toughens you up. I think that that's what gives you a thicker skin. And, and if you can play on conditions like that and play well, and just kind of look past the condition and everybody's got to play the same condition, the golf course. And, and I think that's, that's the thing that, that sets you apart. And that's what makes you mentally tough. And, and your attitude, my attitude has gotten so much better from when I played before. Um, I've gotten to know, uh, some tour players and, and, and just talking to them about attitude and acceptance and, and things like that. And that's really changed my outlook and, and, uh, in the whole, the whole scheme of things. So it's pretty cool. How has your attitude changed? What do you say from back when you're trying to make it then to, to now? I think I'm way more accepting, uh, of, of shots of badge of marginal to bad shots. Uh, you know, I, being on the, I got to spend uh, a few days with Bryson last year at, uh, at the Arnold Palmer Invitational on the range. And, you know, just walking up and down. I know some tour players, Jason Day, I was talking to him and, and a few other guys. And I'm watching them hit balls and, and they're not perfect. You know, they're, you know, hitting a few fat and they're hitting some right. And, you know, they're hooking some drivers and, you know, so, and I'm, just watching if you watch a tour player i think the one thing that i've really noticed from watching golf on tv to comparing to like being inside the ropes and following uh, one of my friends on tour is they don't hit it great every hole or all the time it's uh you know when you watch it on tv it gives it just gives a completely different like spectrum of you think that, you know, they make every 20 footer and, you know, they don't miss a putt inside of 10 feet and, you know, they hit every fairway. That's just, you know, they cut to all those shots and, yeah. and mm-hmm. those show. And, and I think that's, that's unfair to uh, the golfing public because everyone thinks that, you know, if you ask a normal player, I mean, I was even this way when said, you know, what do you think the percentage is from, uh, you know, from 20 feet, I would have said, I don't know, probably 40, 50%, like a couple of years ago yeah, or a year ago. Now, and it's like 18%. Yeah. They make less than one out of five on perfect greens. Yeah. And, and just knowing that I'm like, okay, well, you, why are you stressing over a 20 footer? You're like, you're going to make less than one out of five. So just, 
pick the line, you know, and just focus on speed, speed, speed. And, and that's the, that's the one big thing about, you know, accepting marginal or, or, you know, not so great shots. I think um, you just, you kind of hit it find it and go hit it again as simple yeah. as that is to say. So, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the whole thing with the attitude. There's kind of staying even keeled and taking one shot at a time. Making me feel better about the 1% of pots I hit from 20 feet away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I'll remember that the next time I'm shooting 95. <laughs> Dylan, did you want to ask about Bryson? I saw your eyes glow uh, yeah, when you I brought Bryson up. Yeah. I saw you smiling, yeah. Dylan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm just very curious to, uh, to know a little bit more about, like, what you think of his approach to the game, um, what your insights are to what he's been doing with just being able to like push himself, his body, his swing to like the next level and see it. Like, is it, you know, do you think it's going to end up being successful? Do you think he's going to be able to kind of um, push golf in the direction of everyone's getting 200 mile an hour ball speed? People are driving it like 380 consistently. Or do you think like there's still so much else to the game that, that, you know, it's, it only goes so far. Yeah, I, I I think, in my opinion, just, just hanging with Bryson and talking to him and he's picking my brain and we're talking about speed and power and characteristics of of length. You know, he's uh, he's definitely pushing it to the limit. I think it's really cool. Uh, and it's really unfortunate for World Long Drive, too, that it got shelved this year mm-hmm. just from yeah. a competitive standpoint because it really blew up. You know, I mean, there were tour players reaching out to me and, uh, and, you know, Kyle Berkshire obviously spent some time with, with Bryson as well. And, and the, the cool thing is that it really brought speed and power to the forefront, you know, just because you hit a 380 doesn't mean you're going to go out and shoot 63 every time. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's just not going to happen. It just gives you, if you drive it well, like if I drive it well, it makes it way easier to shoot 65. Yeah. Uh, you obviously have to still have to make putts and have to, you know, hit wedges and, and things like that and, and still hit golf shots. But when, when I drive it well, it's, you know, it makes golf courses a lot easier, you know, hitting mid to short irons into par fives and, and, you know, from a champions tour, uh, aspect, I'll be hitting short irons and wedges into par fives. If I, you know, if I hit it, like I know I can drive it. So, yeah. wow. I think he, uh, when he, when he lets it go, uh, I don't think you have to be 245 or 250 to hit it far. Mm-hmm. I think when I'm, when I'm swinging normally, like we even talked about this, when, when I'm swinging 130 club speed, 195 ball speed, that's my stock driver on the golf course. That's plenty long, but I know I've got 203, 204, 205 in the bag. If I have a green light wide open, just let it eat. So, and, you know, I can carry it another, you know, 20, 25 yards. And right. if I hit it well, it's, it's going 390, 400, yeah. especially on those conditions. So I think, uh, you know, I saw an interview with him. He said he wants to get up to maybe a playing speed of 207 to 210 average. I just think, I, I don't know. I think, I think that's a little, that's a little high in my opinion, just because I've been doing it for seven years and I know the spin rates and um, I know how hard it is to keep that ball on the golf course. You know, if you're off just a little bit, 
you know, you're swinging at 210 on the golf course, you're going to fly it 3.8. If you hit it well, you hit it offline a little bit. It's, it's not going to be in play most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it, I've kind of, I, I tested a bunch of stuff playing and I've got like three different speeds when I play, I've got a little 190 mile an hour grip down baby cut that I can hit, uh, you know, 195 stock and, you know, 200 plus when I'm getting after it. And mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm stressing a lot. Like Bryson's 200 ball speed and my 200 ball speed look like night and day. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's really expending yeah. a lot of energy. I call it like I was talking to a Canadian PGA tour player yesterday, uh, TT Crouch, who I just spent some time with. And, uh, I said, it's, uh, he goes, you have effortless power. And that's what we talked about. He goes, and that's exactly what I'm aiming for. Effortless power where Bryson is more powerful effort. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's just, and it, it has nothing to do with, um, or it has everything to do with just rhythm and timing. And, and he's just brute strength, just absolutely mashing it, which, you know, it works for him, right? He's won seven times U S open champion. Yeah. If he wants to push the limits, uh, why not? push it as far as he, as he can. And, and if he's successful doing that, then, then all power to him, you know, but yeah. if it doesn't, he can always back it off. And that's what I tell people. Like he sent me a text. He goes, how to get my low end up. I said, well, get your high end up. You know, if you can swing it 210 miles an hour, it's like chipping a, you know, chipping a driver at 195. That's kind of mm -hmm. how I feel. People, tour players ask me, you know, what, what I feel. And, you know, it's, you know, if you get your high end up, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So, right. um, so it's almost like hitting like my stock seven irons, one ninety two. So mm -hmm. if I have to hit a little 180 yard seven iron into the wind, it's basically hit me hitting a, a, a just a smooth driver, just a little three quarter driver basically. Right. So, and that's kind of the, the huge benefit uh, to that. I can hit a straighter and, and things like that. But yeah. from, from the question you asked, I think, uh, I think he's just going to keep going because he's, yeah. he's just, he's, he's insanely fast right now. And, and if he can keep it in play then the guys are going to have to chase him. And if they, if they do some, uh, some equipment, uh, you know, back off the equipment a little bit or, or kind of change the ball or, or whatever, it's, it's still going to benefit him because, yeah. you know, you, you can't, uh, you can't roll back athleticism and you can't yeah. roll back speed. So if you're, if you're going to train your body to, to swing faster and move faster then you know, the guys that are on the lower end of the spectrum on the speed uh, on speed, then they're just going to suffer greatly. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So you mentioned training there and you talked a bit about the sort of effortless power you have. And I wanted to ask you about your training. Uh, the main question I have is at 50 years of age, how do you, how do you stick with these young guys? Uh, but more specifically about your training, how much of it is dedicated to just general fitness and staying just in great shape overall? And how much is dedicated to like your actual swing motion, increasing uh, your speed and, and things like that? So uh, great question. I don't, uh, I, I don't really train for speed anymore. I mean, I've, I've done all that. Um, I don't need to swing any faster than 205. I can, if I want to, if I grab my long drive driver, I've got, probably can get up to 210, 211. If I really wanted to, uh, there's no need to, uh, hmm. I don't even know what's, what the state of long drive is and, you know, starting to play again and, and, uh, hopefully get some champion store starts and Monday qualify for some events and playing some other events you know, I'm focused on playing, getting in the hole. So, uh, there's no need for me to get out there and, and, uh, 
and gas it up, so to speak, and, and try to swing it, you know, to 15 to 18, like I was, you know, in 2018 and 19. So, but I, I've put all the work in for that. So now it's just, it's just flighting it. And, and it's funny because when I'm just swinging normally and guys are on the range and they're just watching me hit balls, like it just looks effortless. And they look at the numbers are like 197 ball speed. That's insane. Right. It doesn't even look like you're swinging at it. So I think uh, what I do in the gym, I, I train on my feet a lot with pure motion equipment. Uh, I bought some of the, some of the equipment that I train in my garage. Uh, one of my good buddies, Jeff flag, who is the strength and conditioning coach down at the bears club in Jupiter. So we do uh, virtual training. Uh, he gives me, I've been training this way for a long time. So, um, so I know exactly what to do. I train like an athlete, you know, I'm not just doing, you know, bench and squat and this and that, Curls. but I train, I, yeah, I train on my feet. Uh, and I train like an athlete. I move like an athlete. I, I, I do a lot of movements that are, um, that are similar to the golf swing, uh, mm -hmm. rotationally, like there's a mopping bar device that, you know, you're basically mopping the floor, which absolutely just rips up your core and, and your, and your engine. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's awesome. You know, some of the movements that, that pure motion it's P U R M O T I O N.net. Uh, I do not get paid by them. I just think the equipment's <laughs> incredible. And it's one of the reasons why I've been so, um, you know, successful and healthy at 50 years old. So it's, uh, that's the cool part of, of the training that I do. And what I tell a lot of people is, you know, I get asked this a lot. People reach out through social media and they're like, you know, do you spend a lot of time in the gym and, you know, for speed, did you gain any, you know, a lot of speed from working in the gym? I said, well, that's part of it. I said, the only way, so people think that, you know, you go to the gym and you do this and you work out, you know, five days a week, two hours a day, uh, you're going to get faster on the golf course. No, the only, in, in my opinion, what's worked for me is you have to swing the golf club fast. And mm. by swinging, you, you've got to train by swinging it faster. And just by, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to lose weight eating 20,000 calories a day, right? You're right. not going to gain weight by eating a thousand calories a day. So you've got to do the things, uh, you know, necessary to gain speed. And if, if you're at 170 miles an hour ball speed and your goal is to get to 180, well, if you're not swinging the golf club, you know, 185, 186, you're not going to get there. If you're at 170 and you do no swing speed training and you're just working out in the gym, you're never going to get to 180 ever. So you've got to go above and beyond. You've got to train your body to move fast swinging the golf club and get used to that and just kind of unlock that speed and potential of your body. Yeah. yeah. So when I'm, when I'm at the driving range, just swinging it as hard as possible, <laughs> slicing them 50 yards, I'll say Eddie Fernandez <laughs> told me to swing hard. I'm, Abs I'm training for speed. All right. Perfect. And, and that's, and that's the whole thing, guys, you know, it, it's about intention. If, if you're swing speed training, I mean, then, then train for speed. You know, I've, I've worked with tour players and I'm like, are you going to swing at it or are you just going to kind of just puff it out there a little bit? So I'm kind of hard on them a little bit, but I love it. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're training for speed, I want you to, I want you to fall off balance. I want you to move faster, you know, train your body to move faster. Then we can always back it off. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I 
figured it out. You know, my, my swing coach, Lucas Wald, who I still work with phenomenal, so smart. Um, and you know, we worked on a few things and, you know, people are like, yeah, I got speed sticks. And, you know, I'm like, well, and they asked my honest opinion. And after working with Lucas, I'm like, well, you know, let me ask you a question. So I real quick story. So I'm doing Danny Werfel's yeah, event up at, uh, uh, 96, uh, Heisman trophy winner. I've done his event for the last several years and raised some money at his charity. So one of, uh, one of the guys that kicked for Florida, uh, Judd, he, uh, <laughs> so funny. He comes up to me because I couldn't wait to see you this year. I just got the speed sticks. I'm, my goal is to, to gain some speed. And, and, uh, you know, he goes, what do you think? And I'm like, you want my honest opinion? <laughs> yeah. So I basically said, look, Judd, because he won the Lou Groza award in, whatever it was 91 or 90 or something like that. Best, best place kicker in the country played mm-hmm. in the NFL. And I said, Judd, I said, if you, let's just say you're, and I gave him one example. I said, if, if your max field goal was, let's say 53 yards. And I said, mm-hmm. you want to extend that to 60. Let's just say you want to say, look, I want to be able to kick it from 60. I said, would you, would you practice? I said, would you train for that? By kicking it absolutely nothing, air, mm. as, hard, as hard and powerful as you can. He goes, well, no, because uh, I'd probably hyperextend my knee. I said, exactly. Yeah. I said, you look uh. at every sport, if you just swing at air or, you know, you know, baseball players, they're not these power hitters. They're not swinging at nothing. Mm. The body needs a bracing effect and you need to hit something in order for, you know, the body needs to brace up when it hits it. If you're swinging at nothing, it's just, I've seen guys get hurt using those things, even mm-hmm. like swinging that. And I used to do it. My elbows would kind of get sore and it's like, man, I mean, I, I do think they're good for people who swing it really slow, 60, 70, 80 miles an hour, who want to kind of feel a little bit more explosiveness. But yeah. when you're a, a higher level player, PGA tour player, I think it's way more difficult detrimental then it helps and i think it messes with the sequence and i just i just don't uh, once i i stopped using them i got way better yeah. so that's kind of my take on it so yeah. i just think you look at other sports boxing you know a power you want to be more powerful right. you're not going to swing at nothing right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you got to hit something right. so and that's the whole premise behind how i train i have a system my own system that hopefully going to come to market by uh, by the end of the year or so oh, great awesome. I'll need yeah, that because cool. I'm, I'm driving the ball about <laughs> yeah I need 250 <laughs> my best shot yeah. uh speaking of for, well first of all thanks so much again for joining us really appreciate the time these stories and just hearing all your insights are yeah, absolutely awesome yeah. um and there's a few questions that I wrote down that I just like absolutely have to get to uh just sure. out of personal curiosity the first one being that the difference between my shots my bad shots which is just absolutely horrific and just like dribble mm-hmm. off the tee i just absolutely top them and my good shots which mm-hmm. are just mediocre at best like maybe mm-hmm. 250 driving it is pretty yeah. dramatic with you regularly just hitting the ball incredibly far can you feel the difference between when you absolutely crush a ball and when you just regularly crush a ball is there, do you feel it right away yeah. or what's the like notice? Yeah, it? yeah, for sure. I can tell by the flight of the ball. Um, I know exactly where I hit it. Uh, I know the spin rates of the ball pretty much uh, in, a, in a certain vicinity. If I hit it a little off the toe or a little off the heel, the bottom of the club, top of the club. Yeah. So I know, I, I have a good idea of where it's going to go 
um, just by the flight of it and by the feel of it coming off the face. So uh, when I absolutely munch one, it's, you know, I just, it's, the thing just goes up like a laser beam and just keeps rising. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't do one of these cause that's too much spin, but it just, when it takes off on a, on a flatter plane, it's uh, you know, I just know it's, it's, it's gone. I'm besides serious. munch one that term yeah munch one is term. awesome yeah, <laughs> I, like I, don't, that. I don't i like that a lot very often so it's gonna be difficult <laughs> yeah. to fit in my vocabulary but when i do <laughs> I, I munched it i munched that um so you you're mentioning some of those metrics like spin rate speed stuff like that what are the mm-hmm. the are those the primary two that you're focusing on are there any others that you know you're when you're you got the connected to the track man whatever it is that you're trying to um you know get in the right zone yeah, so I know exactly where I want my my launch conditions mm. to be. I want to launch it somewhere mm. around a normal driver, somewhere around 11 or 12 degrees. So the way it takes off, mm-hmm. uh, spin rates around 2300, uh, which is a little bit higher than long drive just from a playing aspect. The more you spin it, the more you can kind of control it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the less spin, uh, the, the more it'll knuckle and kind of kind of go offline a little bit. But mm-hmm. um that's why you, when you watch long drive on TV, you know, some, you know, we're not hitting the grid every single time because we're using yeah. two, three, four degree drivers and, and uh, you know, those things are, are tough to hit, but uh, the conditions, the spin rates, the, the one thing that really, obviously if you hit it in the center of the face, that's, that's the best. That's where you're going to hit your farthest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you hit a little bit on the bottom, but spin rates really affect distance. Like if you like, if I swing 140 miles an hour, and I spin it 3,200 RPMs, it might fly, you know, 330. Hmm. Whereas if I, if I swing at 140 and my spin rates are 2,200, that'll probably fly 370. So there, there's a Damn. quite a bit of, quite a bit of uh, difference in, yeah. in how far the ball goes just because of spin rates and, and launch angles and stuff like that. So. And that's why you have those like insanely stiff shafts, right? Those like triple X shafts and like, yeah, two, just so yes. it doesn't flip on you. Yeah. Some guys are using a little bit softer shaft. Uh, hmm. I went to a softer shaft last year. I had a little right el- or left elbow tendonitis and wrist going on at, at the world championships. So I used a little bit softer shaft, which was a little bit easier mm-hmm. on, uh, on my elbow and wrist, but um, I've hit it. It's okay. I think uh, it's a lot tough. It spin, definitely spins more because I've tested it against my other shafts. And um, But if you hit it well, it's that you're definitely going to get more speed out of it. And if you hit it in the right spot, it's uh, it's definitely going to go a little bit farther. So I think some guys are, have been uh, – and Kyle uh, Berkshire is one of the guys that, that has uh, had some success with it. But, uh, mm-hmm. but it's it definitely feels like a noodle. I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of the feel of it. But uh, I, I don't want it too stiff and I don't want it too, too whippy. So I hmm. kind of want it somewhere right in the middle. Got it. Just another question that I just have to ask. Uh, yeah. Something I need to know. Can you hit the ball at like normal driving ranges? Can you go to Top Golf? Like how many balls have you hit too far that have just broken windows <laughs> or like how, where can you go and not get harassed or get kicked yeah. out pretty much? So, well, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm a member at Golden Bear Club here in uh, Windermere, Florida. So uh, the range is probably 380 and I go, when I'm hitting driver, I kind of, if it's, if it's into the wind, it's fine. Uh, but if not, I'll kind of go back in the back corner 
uh, away from everybody. So I won't hit anybody on the side of the range. Uh, and there's pretty much nothing out there. There's no houses where I can, I can hit it, but, uh, but yeah, I've gotten kicked off a few ranges in, in my day and, uh, Orange County national is another great, uh, it's down here in winter garden floor. It's about 15 minutes from my house and it's 400 yards, like a circular range. It's massive. It's like the largest range in the world. One of them. And, uh, it's just, you can, I can go on any tee box and not have to worry about hitting it, you know, hitting anything. So, so we just kind of let it eat out there. If I bring some of my, my long drive buddies, we'll go out there and, and get after it a little bit. Absolutely. Munch a couple. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Munch a couple. I've only yes. broken one window. That's it. <laughs> wow. In, um, that's, that's one window. Less than in, I have. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was in Colorado last year and, uh, there was this, uh, it was a par five. And I, I hammered it, but I pulled it a little bit and, uh, and I, and I broke a window and the guy came out. So, I mean, whatever it is. Yeah. Was he impressed though? Was it like mixed? Like, I probably flew it 380 or 390. I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, Fort Collins, Colorado, the Kawasaki kids, Oh, so it's uh, charity classics. So we, uh, we get a little chuckle. That's kind of lucky. I'd be, I'd so. be happy if that ball through my window, maybe get your autograph on the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't. He just wanted. He wanted to get paid for, but it got, it got uh, he, he wasn't having any fun with it. That's his problem. Hey, I mean, he came up and I just apologized profusely. He goes, "I never thought my if I would I would get a broken yeah. window." I'm like, "Yeah, well, sorry." That's pretty. That's great. So, yeah, the uh, yeah. the the driving range here in my hometown. Uh, it's probably about like 300 to the end of it, and then there's maybe like 20 yards of trees, and then there's a green, like like the fourth hole's green is right there. So I, you would be just absolutely harassing whoever's on the green. It'd be like whack-a-mole. You'd just be hitting people in the head with golf yeah. balls. Everyone that's on the green. Yeah, yeah exactly. I have a quick, uh, quick question as well. Um, yeah, no worries. Fun yeah, one. We got a few minutes. Yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, hovering around like seven, eight handicap, um, pretty average golfer. Uh, if we played against each other and I had my full mm-hmm. set of bat, full set of clubs, and you were playing with just your three wood, how many strokes do you think you'd beat me by? If I just played with my three wood, no putter, nothing? Just three wood. Oh, man, that's that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> I may not beat you. I don't know. Oh, no, three, you'd beat you, you got you <laughs> bunker, you know, bunker shots with the three wood and oh, yeah, that's putting true. with a yeah. three wood, chipping, <laughs> yeah. pitching, you know, short par threes. I mean, I can hit my three would probably 330 or 340 if I needed to, but I think you'd be done. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even hit my three wood off the tee normally. So you'd If you give me a three, if you give me a three wood and a 60 degree wedge, well then Then it's over. I'm pretty confident. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe just a three wood, you have to do everything with a three wood. Yeah. Which, which singular club could you play with that I could potentially beat you with? I feel like three wood only putter you only had a putter you're driving with a putter yeah yeah putter yeah putter three i wood. would say that's i would say from how it. from how far well how far how long is the golf course 6500 i think i think anything from if i had one club i think four iron five six seven eight nine wedge oh, yeah irons you would 50 degree me. wedge you'd be yeah, 60 like and 55 and 60 <laughs> And maybe if I just, if just one club, 60 degrees, not far enough. That's uh, yeah. putter and driver three would probably, I mean, how far if, when you're just like, if you were really loading up on a 60 degree wedge, what's, 
what's the normal yardage on that? Uh, I mean, if I really went after it, probably 120 yards. Okay. Yeah. 125 yeah. yards. I mean, that's max. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, I don't, when I'm playing, I don't really like to hit it past <laughs> 80, 85, 90 yards yeah. max. Yeah. Just yeah. to control the flight and, and kind of the spin and everything. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I follow um I follow Kyle Berkshire on Instagram and always <laughs> yeah. see his like I you know, I played this hole today. It was great. You know, here's the clubs that I hit and how far I hit yeah. them. And it'll be like I hit driver 380 yards on a par five, and then I hit my 60 degree wedge and I made an eagle. And I was like, Yeah, that is just a different sport than I will yeah. ever play. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm trying to get him to I would love to see him play in some tournaments. Yeah. You know, he's um, you know, because you, you can, there, there's no substitution for playing, uh, yeah. you know, getting a card in your pocket and playing in tournaments. So, but, uh, but yeah, I think he got a little, yeah, he got some backlash from that 260 yard, 60 degree wedge. Cause he, you know, he bladed it 260. Which is actually impressive, <laughs> as, impressive as hell. Yeah. Right. But you know, he's, he's on track, man. It was like, 260 yards just completely bladed it just oh like my God. almost like a two iron right <laughs> like a stinger so he, swung, he swung out of his butt and that's crazy and, uh, 260 guys like that's... well i usually do that out of the bunker and yeah uh, yeah exactly but, uh, i mean it's impressive but yeah. Uh, yeah it's kind of funny one last question i noticed you use the hashtag yeah. better with age hashtag better with age mm-hmm. seems to me like that's a huge yeah. missed opportunity to not have any wine sponsors uh if you know i know this, right and this podcast you know, i'm married is... to an irish girl i'm married to 100 percent irish girl so um so having a wine sponsor better with age i think would be i think it would be good i think it, she would benefit more from it uh, yeah well probably. we uh as you know this meat sports alcohol name of the podcast we'll be talking with some wine experts over the next few months we could you know pitch yeah. into that and i'm a wine I, I i really love wine too so i can't say we can make it happen it because be we definitely can't <laughs> but we can try our best and uh, we'll get back we to will work tirelessly to get you a wine sponsor we will make <laughs> yes right or now. what about hey what about Deep Eddie Vodka. Ooh, oh, I mean, that's come good on. too. That's I like good. that. That's, that's a pretty right. good play on the name, right? Fast I Eddie, like that a lot. Eddie. Fast yeah, Deep great. Eddie. I love it. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get yeah. started on that. Uh, <laughs> we'll get started on that right after the episode. Again, you can find Eddie Fernandez at Fast Eddie 480 on Twitter and Instagram. You can also visit his website at fasteddie400.com. Is there anything else you'd like to plug? No, thanks, guys. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you having on me. Yeah, this was a blast. And, yeah, it's fun. Fun. Always uh, always enjoy everybody reaching out and and uh, getting the story out there and, and getting ready to have some fun. So Yeah, yeah. good luck with your uh, upcoming season. Good luck with everything that you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Now watch this drive. All right, we're now going to do a little NFL championship round recap. Or at least that was the plan, was to do <laughs> just a normal recap. I'd say that we're both in pretty bad moods right now, though. What do you what do you say, yeah. so, Dylan? Yeah, I'd say that what happened this weekend was the worst possible uh, series of events. So I yeah, this was I'm a, not happy. This was a terrible sports week. Just yeah. front to back, yeah. absolutely awful. McGregor yeah, yeah. losing sucked. This was the worst combination of teams to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, my Brooklyn Nets dropped two to Cleveland. So. Yeah, I mean, if we even go back further, uh, Philip Rivers retired. That's a bummer. Uh, Tyler Hero had the most sad twenty-first birthday of all time. 
That might be the worst, not only worst sports thing of the week and worst thing that happened this week. That might be the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That man, yeah. des- that man deserves a hype 21st birthday. Did you see the picture? Did you I haven't see heard picture? anything about this. This is the first oh, I'm hearing. Oh my it. God. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> I wrote it down. He, so Tyler Hero turned 21 last Wednesday. And I think my take, my crank light lager extra ice cold take of the week is that Tyler hero compared to his expectation had the worst birthday or the worst event, the worst COVID letdown of all time. What was because it? What was his, his birthday? His 21st birthday. They were, so they were playing the Tampa Bay Raptors because they can't go oh to Canada. God. So they were in the Tampa Bay JW Marriott in the continental breakfast area so you can see like the pancake buffet in the background and it's just Tyler Hero by himself with a little mini cake in front of him with some 21 candles and the Miami Heat posted a picture of it like happy 21st baby goat and he's just like he like he can barely like muster up a smile a smile <laughs> and com- compared to what he must have expected getting drafted by the Miami Heat at an, as a 19 year old he thought he was going to run the world, and instead he was 21 years old having his birthday at 9 p.m. in the Tampa Bay Marriott. Eating pancakes. Oh, yeah, my dude. God. He probably dude, has a lie so to much. so many people being like, oh, have you 21st, bro? Yo, you must be so hype. Like, you must be sick. And he's like, yeah. It's a blast. <laughs> yeah, so that so the sports week started out bad there. Philip Rivers retired on the same day. And then it's just all been downhill since then. McGregor got his shit rocked. Yeah, I don't McGregor know what about UFC, but rocked. clearly, uh, uh, just judging it based off of how shredded they are, and uh, training videos of them getting punched <laughs> in the abs doesn't translate to victories. Okay, well, I'm just gonna say <laughs> though, my lock, I still think was right. So a couple of weeks back, I said Mc- pick McGregor to win the fight. He lost the fight, uh-huh. so technically the sure. bet did yeah. lose. But when I called it, yeah. it was like minus two seventy for him to win. And by the time the fight actually started, it was like minus four hundred. If you trusted me, sure. you would have got a mad value. You would have lost your money. There's no doubt about you that. You would have lost your money. Yeah. I can't argue with you. But I call I called it like kind of correctly. Anyway. <laughs> Also, wait, final final McGregor take, and then we can get to the uh, championship round. Um, I want to take I want to take this time um, and be the bigger man. Uh, last week, I said some things about Evander Kane uh, that you know he's been having some financial difficulties, uh, and that if he put the rest of his remaining assets on McGregor to win then he would maybe be doing pretty well. So Evander, if you're listening um, and you did do that, I hope you didn't, but if you did, I, I, I want to take this time to apologize. Um, you and for, for what it's worth, anyone should not take real gambling advice from this podcast. I think that should be a lesson. Um, yeah. So Evander, I apologize. Uh, don't listen to us. Yeah. If you're taking real gambling advice from this podcast, I don't, that's that's kind of on you you're I mean, doing that's, something wrong that's yeah. really stupid <laughs> you know what we should do though we should set up like a patreon 
or something mm-hmm. for money to go to Evander Kane for his gambling debts that we kind of helped advise. Yeah. But then funnel the money to ourselves and Evander Kane will see. Yeah. It's all just a yep. sham. Damn. It's a cut this idea. part out though. Cut, the, cut this part out. Though. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Championship Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So we started off the weekend in fierce debate. Um, I don't. I think we're like three for three on episodes of talking about how attractive different athletes are. But we got in a just like a huge debate over text that you think Tom Brady is looking good these days. Do you just want to start there? I absolutely I disagree. Want to start there. I think that Tom Brady has gotten significantly more handsome as his career has progressed, especially since going to Tampa Bay. There's something in that Florida water. There's something about getting that down south sun that is doing wonders for his complexion. His cheekbones have never been more defined. His jawline is absolutely chiseled. And if you think that right now, 2021, Tom Brady is not significantly more handsome than like 2004 or even 2008 Tom Brady, you, you haven't been paying attention and you're just wrong. And I will stand by that. Okay, I have two perfect points to lead to that the first one long hair tom brady with the shitty haircut doesn't count that's not what we're talking about if you want to compare it to that he looks absolutely awful no i'm ruling that one off the table that's the ugliest person i've ever seen in my life you can't you can compare any compare me to that tom brady i like better that's That's ridiculous (laughs) that's ridiculous second okay so what's your tom brady any other tom brady because he didn't have that hair okay Okay, um, NFL also, draft combine Tom Brady, fat <laughs> Michigan Tom Brady. <laughs> That's also a pretty ugly Tom Brady. I'm saying okay. like post-2008, like just post-2008. He, mm-hmm. everything you're saying about his face looking better, he's like just plastic at this point. They've done so much no, surgery chiseled. on his face, I feel like, like Botox. Dude, he can't move his forehead. His, his forehead because is it's like- so chiseled. It's like a, it's like a piece of steel. It's like metal. There's like no, 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 like cracks or wrinkles or anything. It's nuts. No, I think we have to put this on the poll. I think we need to let the fans decide because I think if we put two pick, you can pick the best, the most handsome Tom Brady that you can find. And I'll put a picture of him like at the presser after this game. And he's more handsome. I stand by it. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I disagree. Should we, should we talk I think we about, should let the fans decide. Yeah, let, uh, the, let, let the meters decide. By the way, exactly. we're using that now. Yeah, we I, are. That was, that was so good. I don't oh, know if yeah, anyone's going to like being called meters, but we're, we're doing it. And before, final thing, before we get to our real hard-hitting analysis, and I have plenty of game notes, tons of game notes. I have them all written down right here. But before we get to that, I just want to give a little shout-out uh, to our uh, first-ever Meat Sports Alcohol giveaway winner, uh, Tommy Slaybaugh at Tommy oh, yeah. underscore Slaybaugh. He is uh, the winner of a brand new free Subway protein bowl. Uh, Tommy, shout out to you. Uh, well done. And uh, please let us know when you get it uh, what protein you end up picking. So, are you actually going to ship him a gift card? Yep. Yep. Going in the mail tomorrow. That is crazy. I'm so bad at shipping things. Did I ever tell you about the time I shipped something to myself? No. Okay. So, wrong thing. Dude, it was like last year. And I'm awful at shipping people like 
letters and had cards and stuff just the worst and i finally started setting like calendar reminders like weeks in advance being like it's mother's day mother's day is coming up and i was so proud of myself i got my mom just the best card i was like two weeks early at the post office all this stuff go to send her the card i'm like done go home feeling all proud of myself like two days before mother's day i received a letter in the mail (laughs) And I was like, no way. A letter from my mom. <laughs> I'm like, she has the same envelope. Like, what are the chances? I like, like, opened up the envelope, like, with, <laughs> like, excited to see what was in it. Uh, it is my, so good, l- good luck tomorrow. Yeah, I'll do Google my best. It. Google it. Google oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever addressed a letter without Googling, which goes in the top left corner and which goes in the middle yeah the one you send it to goes in the middle i think right yes right all right yeah. well text me that tomorrow because i'm sure i'll forget by then all right so <laughs> football packers bucks <laughs> so uh packers bucks bucks ended up taking this one 31 to 26 uh we already got the tom brady attractiveness debate out of the way which i think is good i think that's what most of our notes were on but uh did you have anything else to add beyond that (laughs) i do uh but so we have like a little shared note of our just like things that we took away from the game and i made a note saying that troy aikman at some point said brady made his career throwing throwing (laughs) to guys like scotty miller and i noticed three lines above mine you also made the same note (laughs) i did it was awesome okay (laughs) That was hilarious. That, that just means that he's made his career throwing to small white guys, which he has. Yeah. It's just funny to say it out loud longer. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, well, and there's just no explanation. There's no follow-up. Aikman was just like, yeah, he's made his career throwing to guys like Scotty Miller. Small white guys. Yeah. <laughs> small white slot receivers. I wonder yeah. if someone was, was in his ear like, Troy, you know, hey, dude, X nay on the <laughs> white nay receivers. <laughs> yeah, that was a questionable. That was thing good. To say. Yeah, um, Tom Brady being absolutely <sighs> relentless on third downs, dude, starting for nine hundred yards. Yeah. So, uh, for background, I bet a lot of money on the Packers, <laughs> um, and betting against Tom Brady is absolutely miserable. But betting against Tom Brady when he is a absolute killer on third downs like that just rips your heart out. Like there was a stat at one point in the first half where he had 151 yards passing and 141 of those were on third down. Like that is unfair and mean and cruel and shouldn't be allowed. And it was it, it was the worst. It was the worst. I should never bet against Tom Brady. No one should ever bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm doing some mental math right now. If there's four downs and yeah. he threw for 150 yards, it's way more than one out of four. 141 out of 151, that's like 14 fifteenths <laughs> of his yards. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was annoying to watch, though. That was really annoying. Um, yeah. I saw this on Twitter, but I'm going to steal it. The Packers sort of drafted someone last year. Yeah. Instead of a yep. quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers. Like, no, that probably would have helped. Think, no, good thing they had Jordan Love there instead of, like, 
they could have had T Higgins. They could have yeah. had like when when did Jordan Love get drafted? Was it like in the twenties? Yeah, I think like they could have had a lot of 26. good weapons after that, and they didn't. Yeah, and like a lot of different positions they really could have used, like everything except for quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad. I will say yeah. too. It's another note from the game. I've stood by Joe Buck for a while. One of the because, worst. Because like I think it's funny. It's just yeah. he's so bad that it's but like his, his voice is so f- like classic football voice, but he's also so bad that it's a weird mix of being like comfortable, but also it's ironically funny. He's reached just an unbelievable low. Like, yeah, I don't know what happened. I've been a staunch Joe Buck defender my entire life because I think that he's a cool dude, but it the it's unbearable. This sequence, this game, where it was like the most insane Chris Godwin catch ever on like the third and 14 where he got that like juggling pass for like 50 yards. And then the next play, it was Frenette with just an insane run where he broke every single tackle. And Joe Buck never made it above like any level of excitement. Like he was just like, and Fournette with the spin move and (laughs) I don't even think he said spin move. I think he just did the thing where he just says their last name. He's like four nets. Four nets. You could have you could have put a mic to me in my living room screaming absolute nonsense, and it would have been far better TV than what he was giving there. Or because that's what everyone was feeling. At least even like like, at least I if not if I didn't even say anything out loud, I at least like sniffed out of my nose loudly. I was like, Oh my like made some noises. That would have been better than Joe Pop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was that that bummed me out for sure. I didn't, I didn't. He needed, he needed a little pick me up. He needed a vodka Red Bull or something to get him going because he Dude, had no energy. That's what I was saying. Going from that game, smooth transition into the Bills Chiefs game with Tony yep. Romo was like waking up hungover in the morning and going to bottomless mimosas. It was like yep. I've just been, got, I've just been feeling like shit having to deal with Joe Buck making absolute no sense, having no excitement to just like way too much stimulation, just being overwhelmed with excitement. Yeah. It's like, I need a nap. I feel like I need a nap right now. Um, Yeah. I I think, you know, I think that was a good transition to the next game, but before we go away from the Packers, I feel like we just have to say how terrible that field goal was and that Rogers should have run on that third down how did he not run on that third down he had a million yards he had a million yards and instead he threw Devontae double covered like crazy it was... crazier than him not running it was n- neither of the comp like joe buck or troy aikman barely not mentioning even saying it. anything yeah exactly. they were like he may have had some running room it's like he, he could have walked Aikman into the end face. zone yes <laughs> what are you talking Rogers, about he's not slow he didn't run at all this entire game that was like one of like five times where I noticed that he could have done something. He could have at least gotten a couple yards instead of just like throwing into double coverage. But that was the worst one. Dude, the, and like, then the field goal. The, well, the, so the previous time they were in that zone before that was when they threw to Devontae Adams like three straight times when they were in, yeah. like within five yards. And it was like, that was stupid. I get he's good in the end zone, but like, can he do something else? And then Aaron Rodgers throwing to him again when he could have ran at least to make it a more manageable fourth and goal was just like, this is ludicrous. You guys are idiots. 
Like this is, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, that not going for that field goal is like just inexcusable. I don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, as someone, <laughs> I'll say it again, as someone that had a lot of money on the Packers, I, you know, <laughs> would obviously be hypercritical, but I could have had money on the Bucks and anyone could have seen that that was unbelievably stupid. Like, you're giving you're giving the ball back to the greatest player of all time down five instead of down eight, like it it the it, it doesn't make any sense. How many football games if you had never watched football before, like you just moved to America from Zimbabwe uh-huh. and you uh-huh. had heard of American football? How many games would you have to watch before you knew that you should have gone for on fourth down there for a touchdown? Three, three one. games, one game, <laughs> one game. Like it's, you just have to know the math of it. You're, you don't even have to know who Tom yeah. Brady is. It'd just be like, how does this help you? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Wait, so you, okay, so you have to get a touchdown either way. So what does scoring three points do? Nothing. Pads the stats, baby. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry you lost all that money on the Packers. No, it's okay. I, uh, so you know, I think this is a smooth transition. Uh, I want to take this moment to apologize to all the Bills fans, all the Bill Leavers, uh, all the Bill Difference. Um, after losing all that money, I felt uh, bad. So I wanted to dig my way out of a hole a little bit. So I bet on the Chiefs, um, which means I am not a believer anymore. Uh, yeah, you really turned your back on them. Yeah. I mean, I also bet on the yeah, Chiefs, we but both I, did. <laughs> I didn't really feel <laughs> as bad about it as you did. Yeah. Yeah. They, so I'm sorry, Josh. It, it hit. hit though. Yeah. I feel like both of these games were like looking back at them. It's like, we're all so stupid. Why would you, not, why would you bet against Tom Brady? Like why? Would you yeah. do that? And then the other game was like, obviously, the Bills were never going to win. I mean, I, they yeah. definitely could have. And if they did, I wouldn't be saying that. But they didn't. So, but, I mean, watching that game, there is no universe in which the Bills would have ever won that game. It was unfair. It was. It felt like cheating. Every time they threw it to Tyree Kill, it felt like cheating. It felt like he was playing a different sport than everyone else. Are they... <laughs> They're all so like giddy the whole game. Tyreek Hill, whenever he like catches the ball and he like bounces back and forth fifty times, like he's a ballerina, yeah. this is pisses me off so much. Yeah, it annoys me so much because he only gets like four yards after he does that, except for when he breaks away for eighty yards. And Patrick yeah. Mahomes does the same thing. He walks around like he's on Broadway, oh, no. like all excited, yeah. jumping around. He has the shoulders, damn shoulders, and like bouncing up and down yeah. on his feet. I'm like, screw you. Yeah. Yep. I have a yeah. hot take. Whoever um does like the managing or like casting director, not casting, whoever does marketing for State Farm insurance mm-hmm. should be an NFL GM. Cause getting Rogers at the start of the season and him just being like incredible was a good call. Who knew Aaron Rodgers was gonna be good this year? And Mahomes is amazing, and so is Chris Paul. what no yeah no i don't think anyone could have 
seen Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers being good this season. Okay, well, like, Aaron, I saw that coming. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is terrible. Well, that's like a couple of years. I think that's a stretch. Yeah, I guess he's pretty good last year. Yeah, he's pretty good last year. They made it. I mean, they made it as far last year as they did this year. Yeah, it's basically a wash. Where do you think he's going next? I think he's going Pats. You see his futures uncertain. Um, you know, it'd be dude. awesome if it was a Super Bowl. Pats, Bucks, Belichick v Brady, Rodgers v. That sounds Brady. like hell. Honestly, no. my brain doesn't work fast enough to keep up with the like who can go anywhere and who wants to go where like mm. is now it's deshaun watson matt stafford stafford Rogers. for sure yeah 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 but then like deshaun watson was like i want to be on the jets yeah, is he insane is, is he insane i don't know yeah that doesn't make any sense uh but, yeah he could be on the giants why be on the jets if you want to be in new york if you want to be in new york so bad yeah we're for judge. That's not just me being a Giants fan. That's like actually smart football analysis. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. What else do we have on these notes? I don't think there's much else to say. McDermott and Lafleur, um, they they were scared. They were both scared, and they both made a bunch of scared plays this weekend. Lafleur not kicking that field goal and not going for it was a very scared move. And McDermott never going for it and only kicking field goals against the Chiefs. Like, like at least give yourself a chance. Like, there's no way that kicking field goals is going to do anything against the Chiefs. It's just you're going down by four every time. So, yeah, the Bills yeah. one at the end of the first half was really it was stupid. so bad. It was yeah. really stupid. I mean, and I then at, at the end of the game, the Bills did enough that like if they would have gotten a touchdown out of one of those it would have been a game but yeah they didn't it's and like then, they just had like a 20-0 run on you right at the end of the first half yeah. and it's like what gives you how could you possibly think that three points is going to help you here like you need touchdowns josh allen yeah. isn't playing that well stefan diggs can't do anything apparently i don't know yeah I mean, shout out to Matt Verderam. Uh, that is exactly what he said would happen. He said uh, that Spagnola is really good at taking away one thing and Diggs didn't do anything. And that's that was it. It was just like a bunch of like under routes to Knox and Cole Beasley, which didn't really do anything. I feel yeah. like he was spot on on that analysis. He's really smart. Yeah, I was listening yeah. to his... <laughs> have you listened to his podcast yeah, yeah stack in the box podcast check it out yeah yeah uh he says lots of smart things yeah i know just constantly too. yeah <laughs> i agree with one of the yeah turn this podcast off go subscribe yeah, to exactly. stack in the box because those guys you know, know what like they're talking about <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> Uh, i see here you put a note that the shovel pass to kelsey at the three should yard line legal. should be illegal and I agree with you completely. It's I so hate dumb. that play so much. It's so stupid. They do it every time. And it like, so Kelsey gets to just run in motion at full speed. He's 280 pounds and they get to just do a little dink off to Like there's no way it will ever not work. It, I've never seen it not work. It should be illegal. I hate it. I hate that play so much. 
and they do it every single time. It's crazy that teams, including my New York Giants, run corner fades. I know. It's crazy that they do that. How many wide receivers actually have a good shot? Like, I'd say Allen Robinson is very good at that. There's a tight ends that are Jimmy Graham because he played basketball, right? Yeah. Um, but like I hate when that play, I hate the I hate the goal line fade so much. Like when you could just do that stupid like that cheat code shovel pass. Why would you ever yeah. do anything different? Or the stupid yeah. motion like running the where they run back and forth like where Devonte <laughs> Adams just runs back and forth a million times and then he gets a head start and you just throw it out in the flat to him. That would never that like. It's basically Ooh. like they're playing Canadian football at this point. They get such a running start. Yeah, they get a, like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not, not fair. Dude, the defense actually needs – okay, they need to straight up make defensive pass interference. They should call it like 30% never. of the time of what they're calling yeah, it now. Never. They should never call it because it's not fair otherwise. Yeah, yeah you know. have these nerds that are just drawing up impossible plays to defend. And you <laughs> – and you can't touch you the wide receivers. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that was the other thing with the Packers Bucks game. That PI at the end was just the worst. The refs did. I don't think the refs called a single penalty yeah. in they the rest of the game. That was the first penalty of the entire game. Check my stats on that. I bet that's right. No, that's that true. I, tried, I looked, I looked it up while game. you were talking. That was the first penalty of that game. Oh, my God. They didn't God. call any. I was. Pass interference calls. I'm realizing as I'm there was a million, there was a million defensive holdings the entire game. That's all they were doing. And then finally at the end, they decide like a little shirt grab does it. I I was watching that game like in total misery, and I was laying on my floor and I couldn't watch it because it was it sucked so bad. And I knew Tom Brady was going to do something stupid, and so I was on the ground and I hear Joe Buck say. And the and the ball's incomplete, and I jump up and I'm super excited, and then I hear, nope, but there's a flag there, and it was just unbelievably crushing. That game just yeah. ripped the life out of me. It ripped the life out of you so bad. Just a oh little uh, breaking the fourth wall here. We recorded an interview. I was gonna say during that Packers box yeah. game <laughs> yeah. that you'll hear in a few weeks with a really awesome guest. Uh, you'll have to, you know, follow us on Instagram and stay subscribed Check to it see out. who it is. But um, I've never seen you so defeated. Me- that's a lie. Like sober and so defeated or not <laughs> hungover and defeated in my entire life. Yeah. That was bad. That was bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any other notes? Uh, uh, just, I mean, at this point, let's just, yeah, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh Allen drops the ball every time he gets tackled. Every yeah, time, but he always, but it's always when his knees go down. I know, but it makes me so hard. nervous. It's yeah, just so nervous. Yeah. Um, oh, do you remember when it was nine zero? That felt yeah, like a million. I should have live bet the Chiefs. That was so funny. Vegas learned. We looked up uh, the odds when it was nine zero, and the Chiefs were like plus one oh five. It's like yeah. Vegas just knows at this point that uh, that Chiefs are going to win that. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I th- I thought that it was maybe going to be like a Texans game where the Bills would have at least gotten some points on them, but they didn't even get that many. Like I re- I rewatched the highlights of that Texans game and I forgot like that the Texans didn't do anything to get those points. They were all just like fumbles and interceptions and stupid yeah. stuff. Muffing like, punts. It was Tyree. It was Cole just muffing punts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like the, yeah, 
yeah so i thought it was just gonna be a repeat of that but let, learned. let me ask you a question because i can't Let's answer this yeah objectively what's worse a nets lakers nba finals or a chiefs bucks super bowl i'm a nets fan so i yeah I'd, I'd love to see that first one both of those suck so bad um i can never remember which one's the former and which one's the latter when you use that expression but uh they both suck. i would like the, i would like the, the latter former. and the latter and the former both suck um i think that uh at this point if tom brady wins that would be fucking hilarious like i don't need like it's stupid <laughs> it's stupid that he's this good it's stupid it doesn't even make sense but it's like it's beyond comprehension that he's still able to do this and if he beat patrick mahomes and like the greatest football team of all time that would be funny if it's lakers nets there's no funny outcome both of the outcomes suck bucks winning over the chiefs is funny like hilarious what about Chiefs winning over the box what's your take on that Ugh, of course i mean that's what's gonna happen yeah the chiefs are like the warriors like 2015 to 2017 where like it's not even fun and like you get a little bit of hope that they might lose at some point and then steph hits a million threes in a row and they're up by 20 and it's just like i yeah i like yeah, it's the same way where I feel stupid, like that whole Warriors run when I was like, oh, but there's no depth. Like they don't have any big men. And it's like, oh, wait, they have three yeah. of the best shooters of all time. It's the same thing with the, the Chiefs where I'm always like, oh, their defense sucks. They have no red zone defense. And it's like, you idiot. Who cares? They you have score Kelsey Hill, Mahomes, and Reed. It's yeah, defense over. literally doesn't mean anything when you can score whenever you choose <laughs> uh improvised talking locks oh yeah let's hear it so i just slapped in a little group chat about just right when that bill's chiefs game ended that the line opened at three and a half chiefs bucks super bowl the money line for the bucks was plus 155 I said, smash that. That's good value. They shouldn't be doubting Brady that much. Newsflash, my lock was already right because now it's down to plus 150. So if you had listened to me before this podcast even started, for the people listening and you, you would have already made value. And check this line right now. So it's what, plus 150 right now? Check it when you're listening. Future listener, check the line when you're listening. I bet it'll be like, what? plus 120 yeah i'd say well <laughs> i don't know what do you yeah i don't really know what it'll settle at it'll probably depend on like well the chiefs injuries you know Eric the chiefs Fisher. will be favorite by a lot yeah yeah that's always sad when it's like an offensive lineman that gets injured and they're already they're really bummed because they can't play in the super bowl that's always yeah, a bummer. that sucks except that for except for that asshole on alabama Number 69. You remember this guy, Dickerson or whatever? Yeah. Who yep. <laughs> was yep. acting yep. like an yep. asshole the whole game, dancing and stuff. Yep. And then got yep. injured and his whole team ran over. Like he actually died, but he just hurt his leg. I didn't mind that guy missing the national championship. <laughs> I thought that guy was kind of a dick. 
Yeah, I've, yeah, I agree. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know. I know exactly. What you're talking okay. about. Yes. No. I know exactly. What you're talking about. I'm pretty sure his name was. I, he was definitely number sixty nine, and I'm pretty sure his last yeah, name like was Dickerson. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. DJ DJ Dickerson. <laughs> number sixty nine. He was he's from Baton Rouge. Uh, well, so this is the improvised talking locks, and I haven't checked any other locks, so no, that's fine. Anything. Next week is going to be yep. an absolutely stacked talking lock segment because we're going to have all the Super yeah. Bowl props. We're going to get oh length of the God, national dude. anthem. We're going to get color yep. of the Gatorade. Yep. We're going to get do you think first the song by the weekend. Yeah. The, hill, yeah. the hills. No, you think? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Often, often he's gonna come out to often and just fuck the stage. <laughs> I. <laughs> uh, he just only plays his like sappy music. Yeah, like, sappy. The trilogy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the weekend. What do, think, what do you think of the weekend as a halftime guest? I've only been talking to haters, and I'm very excited for it. I love the weekend. I don't mind him as a halftime performance. That's fun. Okay. I mean, he's not J Lo and Shakira. Sure. But you're right. He isn't. He literally, literally is not. <laughs> Can't argue um, with that. Have you heard about the shit going on with his face? Yeah, where they were like doing. I saw the picture on Twitter with his cheeks all. Yeah, so like his yeah, so last... I don't know what that was about. Oh, I got you then. I'm, I'm, stealing, I'm stealing this from Barstool Sports. The, well, the K- KFC. <laughs> the KFC dude or whatever did a bit, one of yeah. those. I hate those videos, but I watched this one. Um, yeah. So he, is, he had like a few public appearances before the pandemic where he randomly showed up with bandages on his face. Like he had bandages on his nose. Like if you get nose surgery and like around his head, um and everyone was like what happened and he was like i also by the way i don't know if any of this is true i did not no, look this up for a second i we're not a fact-checking podcast yeah, I'm, not, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally making this up as i go now this is what i yeah. think happened uh and they were like oh what happened to your face and he's like i fell and i was like that's weird that's not what happens when yeah. you fall you get like yep bandages all over your head uh and <laughs> then he made that music video where his face is like I guess they, they like animated it for sure, but his face mm-hmm. just looks like crazy whack. It's all like bulging out of weird places. Oh, yeah, so yeah. People are like, oh, is it like a so it's like a statement? It's like a society thing. He's like, uh, like making fun of people who get plastic surgery, or maybe he just like just straight up messed up his face. But we don't know. I don't know. I haven't really looked into this. Oh, I, thought I do was think be an answer to that. I thought, I thought that was, the, that I don't was know. it. <laughs> no, no, no. But <laughs> I think that in the Pepsi commercial that they keep playing, like advertising mm-hmm. his halftime performance, his face the security flat. guard is actually the weekend. Oh my god, that's genius! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! You no, know, if anyone's the weekend, it's the woman in the mirror blow drying her hair. Oh like, ah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he's been his face is so messed up. And the guy he in the turned into an Asian woman. <laughs> isn't the weekend. Yeah. I'm hyped though. Okay, so all that and more next week. 
Yeah, I I think next week we just have an absolute slew of funny props, like heads or tails over uh, under length of the national championship. Like, I will research this. I will research oh. this more than any single assignment it took to get a degree from UC Berkeley. I will spend yep. the next that six is, days. <laughs> that is our promise. <laughs> Nose in the books, reading every line, literally mm-hmm. line, uh, mm-hmm. to find to find the dumbest bets. Yeah. And that was our recap of the NFL championship <laughs> round. I remember those days. I had no race. I remember those days. All right. And that was our show. Next week, we're sitting down with Mike Band. He's an analyst for NFL Next Gen Stats, and we're going to be doing a little bit of a Super Bowl preview with him. So you're going to want to check that out. I can't believe that we keep getting these real legitimate sports people to come on this podcast. And he definitely is being with NFL Next Gen Stats. So stick around and listen to that before people change their minds and don't want to come on this podcast. Uh, If you're enjoying these episodes, please share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MeetSportsAlk. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple. All right, fam. Peace. Peace and love. Today is going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you got to do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Because maybe